for us this morning is this. A disciple is someone who lives in relational community. A disciple is someone who lives in relational community. A disciple doesn't just make sacrifices, though that's important. They have a genuine care for others. Again, that sounds a lot like a mom, right? You know, it's not just about the sacrifices. They genuinely care. Let's pick back up. Look at verse 37. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Leda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Three quick things to observe. The widows, think about this. The widows were grieving. They, were, they, were, they they'd lost somebody who was really, her ministry was to the widows. And the widows were going, oh, we're going to miss her. But I want you to consider this. The widows were not bringing clothes on hangers and showing Peter and saying, look at this dress she made me. Isn't this a beautiful dress? They were pointing to the clothes that they were wearing. They, they were, the language is here like, do you see this? Do you see the clothes that I'm, the tunic, the garments that I'm wearing? The use of, of tunics and garments is to say everything that they were wearing, Tabitha had made. They were wearing, and not only that, consider this. Every single widow was wearing clothing that Tabitha had made. Every, it said all of them were weeping. All of them were showing the clothes, the garments, the tunics, saying, look at what she did for us. In other words, every single person was impacted by her ministry. And then look at those last few words of verse 39. While she was with them. Now, this is more than just a reference to the fact that she's died. It was a reference to her relationship with the others. She was with them. She spent time with them. She hung out with them. She knew them. She, she, had, she had invested in them. She didn't just make clothes for them. It was an act of, of sacrificial love and community that she had. It shows the relational side of Tabitha. In fact, go back and look at verse 36. Remember the last words of verse 36? This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Which she did. When a person puts actions to their words, it demonstrates that that person can be trusted. It demonstrates when they, when they do an action, when they say that they're going to do something, and then they actually follow through and do it, you can say, I can trust that person. That's somebody who I can, I know that if they say that they're going to do something, they're going to follow through. And Tabitha was a woman that everyone trusted. That's why when we, we see these widows, they're grieving. It's because this was a woman that they trusted. This is a woman that did so many good things, and she did what she said she was going to do. And the clothes that were on their, on their, on their bodies, every single thing that they wore was, was because of Tabitha. And consider this. Clothing is such a basic need, isn't it? I mean, it's such a basic thing. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 8 says this, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. 
I mean, these are, that's basic things, right? If we have food and clothing, those are some basic things. And Tabitha's ministry of making clothing impacted the widows in a very, very tangible and very practical way. So let's pause there for a moment. And let me ask you a question. Why do we wear clothing? Because it would be really awkward right now if it would. <laughs> right? <laughs> clothes, clothes, are a, clothes are an outward expression of, an in, of inward realities. Right? It's a, it, it, it is the first, the very first mention of clothing is in Genesis, the Garden of Eden. And it comes right after Adam and Eve sinned. And their eyes were opened and they became aware of their nakedness. One of my, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is God meets up with Adam and Eve. And, and you, can, you can see this. Look it up. God says, who told you you were naked? That is the funniest line from God. I mean, you, you know, who told you you were naked? I don't know that I've ever asked anyone that. No, you know, hey, who told you you were naked? Like you had to be told by someone that you were naked. But God said that to Adam and Eve. I find that just extremely humorous. But they were aware of their own nakedness. And what did this do? It prompted them to make the very first set of clothes. And that was made of fig leaves. And it was a way to do what? Cover the shame that they felt because of their sin. They felt shameful. And they covered themselves. The word atone means to cover. God in his mercy then did what? He actually killed an animal and made garments for Adam and Eve. God made clothes for Adam and Eve. One of the most basic things that we need to cover our shame, to cover the guilt that we have of our, over our sin, God said, you know what, I, I will cover you. And what did he do? He chose to, chose to kill an animal, make a sacrifice, an animal, so that we could be covered the shedding of the blood of that animal was, was necessary to make a covering or make atonement, a covering for our shame, for our sin. So the sacrificial death of that animal does what? It points us to the sacrificial death of Jesus. And what did he do? He had a sacrificial death that covers our sin. Now, we're going to skip forward a little bit. You'll miss this if, 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 we don't, if we don't pause and look at this real quick. Look at verse 43. So it was that he, that's Peter, stayed many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. Now, wait a second. What is a tanner, right? I mean, we don't use that word a whole lot. What in the world is a tanner? You know what a tanner is? They make clothing out of leather. Doesn't it seem like something's going on here? That, that we have a picture of, of Tabitha 
and she is she makes clothing for people and then then you know Peter's going to stay with this guy and he does what he makes clothing for people that's what he does but let's consider this he's he's, he's making clothing uh, out of animals now first the reminder here is the of our basic need our basic need not just of clothing but our basic need of spiritual atonement that we need a covering that only comes through Jesus. And then the second thing that's happening here is social barriers are beginning to be removed. How, how so? Well, you remember how, how the Jewish people would have nothing to do with tax, tax collectors? You know, it was like, you know, you had a group of, like they had this list, you know, of people that they didn't want to associate with. You know, tax collectors were up there. They were pretty high on the list. Samaritans, boy, they were up there. They were high on the list. It was like, we don't hang out with, with tax collectors. We're not going to associate with Samaritans. Who else was on the list? Uh, people with uh, leprosy, you know, they're high on the list. Got leprosy? No, we're not going to associate with you. In fact, we're going to make you move outside of town. We're not going to hang out with you at all. We don't even want to be around you. So they had this list. You know who else was at the top of this list? Tanners. Tanners made the list. They were, they were people they didn't want to have anything to do with them. And here's why. Jewish people saw that as you touched a dead animal, therefore you're unclean. We don't want to have anything to do with you. We don't want to associate with you because you are unclean. And because you do this as a living, it means every single day you're touching another dead animal. And every single day, you are, you are going to be pronounced unclean again. So what would they do? They're like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And the Jewish people would say, I'm not coming near you. In fact, they were so legalistic about it that they granted a wife permission to divorce her husband, who was a tanner, simply because it was a horrendous smell to be around. So the Jewish people were like, yeah, it smells bad. So, you know, if you need a divorce... Well, we get it because, man, they, it smells, it stinks. So they granted divorces based upon uh, just the fact that it was, there was a terrible odor. Now, consider all of that. Tanner's being on this list. This chapter is doing what? It's laying the foundation that God is about to break down the barriers. And from the port city of Joppa, He's going to make the atoning work of the gospel available to Gentiles everywhere. Let me say that again. This chapter, it's laying the foundation that God is about to break down barriers. And from the port city of Joppa, that same city that Jonah was in, and he was like, I got a decision to make. Am I going to take the message to the Gentiles or am I going to just go the other direction? And he rebelled, and God was like, no, you're going to take the message to them. And here we are again, same city, same scenario, same decision. What are we going to do? God is tearing down barriers and saying, no, I want, I want you to take the gospel message to those people. Why? Because the disciple, a disciple makes those sacrifices. A disciple is relational, and we have to do those things. We have to be obedient to the Lord, and those walls are coming down.